Good morning to Lindsay, to Don, to Andy, Bob Ferguson in the background. How's everybody doing today? Doing well. Good morning. Yeah. Very well, thank you. A little cold yesterday. Everybody make oh, it yeah. through? We yeah. Did. Yeah. It was chilly, for Even sure. The dog made it through. Oh, boy, the dogs just don't like it, do they? They don't. We had to uh, <laughs> we have to fight them. We have to put those little booties on them because it's just there's a lot of salt out there and just it's I cold. Know. I have tried the booties to no avail. You know, uh, what you might want to try, Andy, is the Musher's Secret. Ooh. Have you heard about that? I have not. Sounds tasty. Uh, <laughs> I sprinkle it on my cornflakes. It's delicious. <laughs> um, it is like a, it's a salve ah. that comes in a little, it, it kind of, it's not, it kind of resembles Vaseline. And uh, you and it's a, almost like a little moisturizer, but it's a little barrier. Take the little paws of the pet mm-hmm. and you put it on there. Now the key I have found is you got to do it right by the front door because uh, if they run around like on the hardwood floor, you'll see little marks of you know like you had hand lotion on right. here. It's not the end of the world, but um, it in particular, <clears throat> you know, we have two dogs, and uh, the smaller dog is a, uh, a name of a, do- a breed I don't say on the radio because I'm old school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she and too. Then, <laughs> there you go. Because you're tense. Thank you. God bless you. Um, and uh, so she will let me put that on there, and it works. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we use the old deductive logic. The last time it was cold, he was fighting us, so we let him outside. He went right back in and let us put the booties on. <laughs> He's no dummy. <laughs> He's a smart He's dog. He's no dummy. <laughs> that is funny. Now, do do any of you fight when it gets really cold about about the thermostat? You know, the setting of the thermostat. Literally just this morning. You did? Oh, I mean, we do it all the time, but I just... It, my husband's been out of town all week, and I just... He came home last night, flipped it down, and I woke up and flipped it up. Oh, so he's he's he runs hot. He doesn't like it warm. Yes. Don? Yeah, we just have, in our in the condo, we just have, like, the furnaces in each room, so we just decide whether or not to turn them on. Got it. And Andy? Yeah, I run, lovely bride? I run very warm. She runs very cold, so we've found mm-hmm. a very happy medium. I saw this thing on uh, Instagram, and, and it's it, you, can, you know it's from a dad, right? It's on a thermostat, and there's, like, a Post-it note that says, and the thermostat is set at 70 degrees, and it says, before turning... The heat on, and it says, do you, question mark, have socks on, and then there's a saying, yes or no, long sleeve shirt, yes or no, underwear and pants, yes or no, see your breath, no, yes, and then on the column where, you know, the first one of all these things, if you had them on, there's an arrow that says, no heat needed. <laughs> and then on the other side, if you answered no to all those questions, it says, get dressed. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. You know, if you're rocking around with, you know, shorts on, it's winter. Right. Right? Of course. Yeah, and gas, it is expensive these days, well, the heating. Well, it's, well, it's interesting you bring that up, Don, because mm-hmm. today we're going to have a conversation with a company out of Tennessee that um, makes wood-burning furnaces. Mm. And you can retrofit your existing furnace to um, burn firewood as your heat source. And you put in about a wheelbarrow full of wood in this thing, and it can burn up to 20 hours. Wow. And the average home uses about... 
three to four cords of wood. Now, I got to figure out, you know, that that's a lot of wood, and you need a lot of space for that, right? So it isn't like um, you're not going to do this in the city. Right, <laughs> you know? right. But, you know, if you live in southeastern Wisconsin or you live out near Rockford and you've got some property, it might be worth it. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Right. Oh, uh, I know you guys are waiting for the word of the day as well, right? Oh, yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> yes. Well, you know the word. I do. Okay, the word of today for Don and Andy and Lindsay and myself and the callers, it's a noun called lethargica. No. Nope. Nope. Lethargica. No. Read the... Read this. Lee. Tho. Oh, lethologica. 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 There was no way that that is spelled that you would come up with Lee. <laughs> right. There's no right. way. It's L-E-T-H-O-L-I-G-I-C-A. Right. Why I wouldn't would... it be two E's? Yeah, or an I, I. I had to listen to the phonetic. Lethologica. The inability to remember a particular word or name. Well, I just said it. Yeah, there it is. I feel I'm done. Remember, I'm like, done. Wow, that actually that's a great that's a great word because I feel oftentimes that I fail to remember like a source that I'm citing. I feel like this show oftentimes forgets words <laughs> and it is like our theme word. This it's a House Smarts Radio. Lethological. That'll be our t-shirt. What's that word? What's that? What's that Lindsay, what's the name of that? that? Lindsay, what's the name of that company we talked about 17 years ago? And then you, like, I, uh, I, I'll see you light up going like, I know what it is. It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so what happens Lethological. You, what happens you if you mar- forget Lethologica? Yeah, right. Lethologica. You have your marching orders. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's get things going. Good morning, Lou. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for waking up with us. How may I help you? Well, I have an odd question for you. I have lived in my current home for under a year, and I have noticed from day one it has a large amount of dust just everywhere. Mm. I have cleaned the vents. I have vacuumed around there, and it doesn't seem to do anything. So I thought maybe I needed to have my ducts cleaned. Right. So I went to I googled some local companies and along with a list of companies there were an abundance of articles where people have given their opinions that this is kind of a useless act and I shouldn't be wasting my money on it. Hmm. So I would like your opinion. Um well I'll tell you what I disagree with that, and I think that in all the years that I was a home builder, right, um, I have done Mm -hmm. a lot of demolition in older homes, and I'm sure that my someday my lungs are going to suffer from that because, you know, I was of the era where we we didn't wear safety glasses and masks and all that kind of stuff, and my buddy Mike Jakubowski and I, who were both in business together, we... We commiserate about this quite often, like boy, were we dumb when we were young. And the amount of dust and de- <laughs> the amount of dust and debris that I can consistently tell you that came out of old ductwork was amazing. So, 
If the process is done correctly, I realize that when you, you know, you look at these videos, they're all like set up like, oh my gosh, look at, you know, they make it look like, you know, you were in the desert and they're filled with sand and, you know, they blow the stuff out, Yeah, <laughs> but which is not the case, but the, the quality contractors will use not only a vacuum that they connect to your main furnace, but they will use this air whip. And I've talked about this before. It's kind of like if you remember your, your uh, Greek mythology, remember Medusa had the head of snakes? Yes. So it's like that. And they run this thing down there, and it blows all this air, and it kind of rattles around, literally shaking the metal, and then as the dust is flying and the air is, you know, injecting itself into the ductwork, then um, they uh, they then use the vacuum to clean it all out. And then they'll individually go in there. So, but but here's the thing: while I think that it, it's a, a definite uh, benefit from an, an indoor air quality and hopefully reducing the dust you have in the home, yours might be more atmospheric than anything now. You live in Gurney, correct? Correct. A lot of houses around you, or are you out in the open? Is there a lot of wind? I, I, I am not out in the prairie. I have a <laughs> little subdivision, and I've actually lived out in the southwest. Right. Never had the amount of dust I have in the... I, I dust two to three times a week. All right, one other question. My dust Have you noticed in, in, like, one particular room, is there more dust than another? No. It's throughout Everywhere. the entire house. Okay. Even my, even my teenager notices it, and well, that's, she notices nothing. That's dusty, right. <laughs> she notices that I'm hungry yeah. and you didn't make me a sandwich. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's what I... Here, and let, one other thing. What is the age of your home? Um... The subdivision was built in, um, I think they broke ground in 89. So it's not that old. The home I owned prior to this was 140 years old, and this is considerably dustier. All right. I want you to try this as a test, and this is something you can do yourself. Sure. I want you to go to um, the hardware store or the home center, and I want you to buy... Okay. uh, one or two caulk tubes of latex clear caulking. Okay. Um, pick a room in the house, like your front room that you spend the most, whatever room you spend the most time in. What's the flooring in there? Is it carpeting or is it some type of hard surface? It's a hard surface. Okay. With throw rugs. Down. Okay. Around the perimeter of the house, I want you to, you know, move the furniture in a little bit, and then I want you to clean off all the baseboards and I want you to caulk okay. the baseboard to the floor and the baseboard to the wall. Okay. And you're going to squeeze this to, okay. uh, there. Use your finger to make it nice and smooth. It'll go on white, but it'll turn clear. Around every window, I want you to um, I want you to caulk the trim to the walls. Okay and the trim to the windows mm-hmm. using the clear caulking. Again, it goes on white when it dries. It's going. So we're trying to seal any air infiltration that would come in and you may know you may notice when you do this even on a day like today i mean i know it's not crazy cold like it was yesterday you'll be going down by the baseboard going oh my gosh there's like a draft coming in and if we seal that up it's going to do one of two things well it'll do two things 
it will warm up that space, especially in the winter and even in the summer help you when you're air conditioning, but it may help you to control this dust. And if you do that and all of a sudden you're like, I'm still dusting two times a week, Lou, thanks a lot. But huh, in this room, it's not that bad. (laughs) I'm going to do the rest of the house. Okay. I can do that. I'm a good little caulker. <laughs> that, that's that's Peggy's T-shirt. How smart's radio? I'm a good little caulker. All right, good little caulker. You yeah. have your you have your marching orders. Thank you for calling and being part of the show this morning. Six twenty three in the morning. Lou Manfredini broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. I sat down on the couch and I had a cup of coffee and uh, our dog Bruno who also thinks that he's a cat, like climbs up on top of the uh, of the couch, and he just comes over on the top of the couch like a cat, and he puts his head on my shoulder, just like nuzzled right there. And I'm there having my coffee, and I'm going, and I'm checking uh, email on my phone. And I go, look at this dog. This dog is like the most affectionate, loveliest dog. And I took a picture of it, and I posted it. And we should do more things with dogs, because on Facebook... On Facebook, about 500 people posted pictures of their cute dogs. <laughs> and I can't even say so the breed of my second dog. Uh, that's, that's funny. Too. Everybody loves dogs. Um, and, so and, we, and there's a really funny, you know, I did the, um, Lindsay and I put together the kitchen makeover video. And there's one scene in the video where Bruno, said dog we just spoke of, is like basking in the sun while I am speaking on the camera. And there's a funny little thing that Lindsay picked up on that we have a little fun with uh, at the end. And quite frankly, Bruno closes out the video. He does. (laughs) He is a cute dog. He's a good boy. We know right where to scratch him. Oh, yeah. 857-557-4LOU. 857-557-4568. This is Tom in Round Lake Beach. Hey, Tom, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Wow, well, good morning, Lou. Uh, let me get back in my house here. Uh, you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, good, good. Um, so I'm building an outdoor kitchen coming in the springtime here. Awesome. And the countertop, I've been going back and forth. And, well, let me tell you, I'm on a budget. I'm on a very, very tight budget. I'm, I'm retired. And... Um, I thought of a concrete countertop. I went on YouTube, and it, made, it looked kind of easy, but nah, I never be able to pull that off right. My thought was, uh, I use a, a, a laminate flooring, like you know, look like a butcher block kind of thing, mm. and uh, glue it down, and then give it a lot of coats of uh, like a marine grade polyurethane. Uh, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? I don't love that idea. I mean, while while the the laminate flooring or the uh, the luxury vinyl it is a hundred percent waterproof. It's the UV that it's not protected from. It, it it is it does have a coating like that. But even if you put a bunch of spar varnish on there, you will get separation from that floor because of the extreme temperatures. Yesterday's a perfect example. Um, let me ask you this: How big? Is this, um, how big are you going to make this counter? And is it going to be, are, are there going to be like two sections? Like you'll put a grill and you'll have one uh, section on the left and the right, or do you need it to have like a custom, you know, cutout? 
Well, it's going to be like 10 feet long. My grill and stuff will be on one end of the gazebo, and then the long end will be about 10 feet long and countertop depth. Um, I'll have like a, an induction stovetop on nice. there and whatever. Uh, maybe a sink. Uh but yeah, the UV. So it will be will be shaded. But yeah, I hadn't thought about it like yesterday. So it's zero degrees, um, and then the summer so going to be. There, I, there is a there's a product that is made in large pieces. That is, and I, and I don't know why I can never remember the brand name. It's uh, it's uh, Lethalogica for me. I can't remember the the <laughs> brand. Thank you. So good. I know, right? I did that. Anyway. Um, where are you? Round Lake Beach. I want you to take a drive. Yeah. I want you to take. I want you to call a company in uh, in Glenview called Stone Cutters, and I want you to talk to them about the large panels of unglazed porcelain that they distribute. So unglazed porcelain. And they're inch and I believe they're inch and an eighth thick, and they come in a bunch of different patterns and colors. And basically, you're going to build your countertop. Okay, do you, uh, do, Tom, do you drive a pickup truck or anything like that? Uh, well, I have a trailer. Okay, and an right. SUV. All right, so you you have the ability to go pick stuff up. So yeah. you're going to yeah. go and you're going to look at this stuff. <clears throat> if you create this counter you want, they can cut these large tiles for you and you can put it down like a jigsaw puzzle. And then you're going to use really good caulking like NPC solar seal on the individual seams. You won't have a ton of them because they're large pieces. And you and a friend, uh-huh. they're going to set these things on top of it. I have this exact product on my front porch and walkway on my house and have for the past five years. Wow. Yeah, that's another thing I could use. Yeah. It's fabulous. Stone cutters in Glenview, they're unglazed porcelain slabs that are used in outdoor landscaping uh, applications. They will show you that, and it's worth the drive. Trust me on that. 857 Lou. Uh, apologies to Don Kleppen. It's 6.32 in the morning. I need to head into the WGN Radio Newsroom and check in on news. Good. Um, I'm uh, fortunate in calling you from uh, from Florida, where we uh, don't have the weather that you folks have to contend with, <laughs> and it involves my air conditioning unit. Okay. I've got a... Um, it's a train unit, a nice small two-ton capacitor. For the last two months, when the thermostat calls for cooling, it periodically will make a, a rat-a-tat-tat, like a before the blower engages. I've had a um, 30-year experience electrician here for off and on for two months, and he, for the life of him and me, we can't find the source of this. He's, uh, we, we replaced the thermostat with a, uh, a new remote control. He's tested all everything for continuity every time he comes, and uh, 
we replaced the uh, capacitor on the blower fan. Uh, we, on the outside condenser, replaced uh, two wiring blocks that were salt-crusted, replaced the fast-start booster on the outside, and we've even replaced the uh, uh, blower motor and wow. with a new one. With, uh, that, uh, yeah, uh, this guy is... Uh, he is on my side, and he just cannot track this thing down. The, the noise only happens when the thermostat is calling for cooling, and it might do it four times in a 24-hour period or not anything for two days. And it's like a, you know, a machine gun in the movie. It goes, mm-hmm. but other times it will go for five five six seconds at a time and that sounds well, like an eternity so yeah i mean it, it it i mean but it you know what it sounds like to me is you know that capacitor that's on the condensing unit itself but you said you already replaced that because yeah, replaced that. you know because with a with a with a compressor uh a, a, an hvac compressor that capacitor is basically how it uh it jump starts the compressor to start it throws it it builds up the energy and then it's like uh it's like a defibrillator for the yep. uh for the thing to kick it on and that when those go bad <laughs> it literally is uh when those go bad you usually get that rattling the only other reason you could get the rattling i mean and i'm not you know you said you've got this 30 year electrician is is the wiring from the um you know the wiring that leads from the disconnect to the compressor undersized but i would think that he would already have checked that uh, because if the wiring is yeah under, and it's you know it's it's inside probably an encased uh um you know uh waterproof uh you know tubing going into it but if that wire size is too small you can get a rattle there when the capacitor kicks on and the same holds true for the wires that then come into the unit itself how old is and, that? How old? How old is? Of, how old is that compressor? It's 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 uh, it's over ten years old, and uh, it runs quietly. Right. It, uh, you know the thing. It's old. The uh, the the condenser is uh, probably he he studied that and he thought well it could be the wiring. And it transmits through the line set up the side of the building across two apartments that are between me oh, and wow. the condenser unit in the attic and down into my my furnace room, you know, and that's fifty sixty feet away. Wait, the, oh, okay. So wait, wait, wait. So shattered. when you're when you're in your place, you're not anywhere near this condensing. Uh-huh. You're not anywhere near this condensing unit. Exactly. Yeah. So the sound it, it, is the sound is in your unit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so and that the squirrel cage is just just solid. We've cleaned it. The motor is brand new, and it doesn't need the booster uh, right, because right, it's right. A, now it's an upgraded one. Hmm. And he just cannot locate it. And the dumb thing. It will be quiet for two, three days at a time, and then all of a sudden, repeat the uh, the chattering, and it's driving both of us crazy. One other question uh, in relationship to where your uh, air handler is: Do you have your own? Uh-huh. Do you have your own electrical box? Uh, 
Yes. Okay. And um, is that near the the air handler? Uh, yeah, it's 15 feet away. I can see it from standing in front of the furnace. I can see my main electric panel, and it's got breakers that And uh, that control. sound, to the best of your knowledge, is not emanating from there and or the... The uh, where you live and the age of your place is is all your electrical in pipe or is it all Romex? Uh, it's it's pipe. I'm pretty sure it's 35 years old. Okay. Uh, right. But the noise, my my easy chair is right in front of the furnace door, and that noise comes from that closet. I I, I hear what you're saying. The uh, disconnect, the main switch, and everything might just be off just a touch, but it doesn't shatter there, and you you reset it. And well, and okay. That. So my my uh, based on everything you just told me, and and you know, looking at it from you know, because what happens with you know, it sounds like you've got somebody really want to figure it out. You two, and you get into it. You know, you're almost like horses with blinders on. You're like, what is it? What is it? If I had to guess, yeah. uh, based on what you're telling me, I think the breaker in the panel needs to be replaced. And um, because there could be some fault there. And then I need to have the electrician check the wire size to make sure that that is appropriate for the draw. Like maybe it needs to be, you know, a number six wire and it's only, you know, and it's a 10 or I I don't know. I don't know. But after everything you just told me, I would default to the wire size and the breaker. That, that. Uh, it just feels very logical. It it's it might not be uh, tripping, right? But right. it it's for that's what it like like the old like the old days. The switches used to have those contacts, right. and they would get crud on them and right. chatter. Right. That's what I thought it, thought it was initially, but. Now, there's, no, there's I, none of those contacts anymore. I have one other thing that we could try. You know, if you tell me the name of the breaker box that you have, I can run to the hardware store and uh-huh. get some wire and some breaker. I can pick up Lindsay, and then we could drive down to Florida, Lindsay, for like a week. Are you close to the water? I mean, we, we have we have room. <laughs> you would be welcome. I just want. Uh, yeah, I just want to. Well, when I'm done, I just want to sit in the easy chair and just make sure that nothing is vibrating. Except the chair, and and it's probably and you could take four or five days to test it. Sure, time. you don't want to rush it. You don't want to. No, it sounds good now. Uh, it sounds good now, Ken. But maybe we give it a couple more days. I'll be at the pool. If you hear anything, I, I'll be on, back. Yes, I'm on your side. That all right, try all this. Great. Will you do me a favor? Well, try all this, and if it works, call me back. And if it doesn't work, I never want to hear from you again. I hear what you're saying. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure listening to you, even down here. You're kind. Thank you very much. 857-557-4LU. Hey, we're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Listen, uh, I can't even say the word. What it was. <laughs> anyway, I have a serious issue. The house we're renovating, we had a gas leak. Oh, no. And I got that capped off. And when I was capping it off, I noticed that the furnace, the boiler heat, was vented through our fireplace that I want to open up. They have a cap on it, but is that safe? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
your boiler, your boiler goes into a chimney that also services the place? Yes, they have it capped off. They have this um, thing that's built into the side of it or the front. It's screened. Haven't smelled gas, but uh, I'm wondering about how safe that is. I'm. I, I guess I'm not following. So your your boiler, the vent of the boiler, the vent of the boiler goes into the fireplace. But it goes in. What you say? Go. You say go into the fireplace. It's not going in to like the front of the fireplace. It's going into the chimney of the fireplace. Right, and the fireplace is the floor above it. Correct. But your okay. So your 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 home has a basement. Yes. Okay. And when I'm in the basement, I'm looking at the boiler. There is some type of steel piping that goes into like a brick chimney or or something, correct? Right. All right. And then when I go upstairs to the fireplace, is that a a wood-burning fireplace or a gas fireplace? Wood-burning. Okay. And if I open up the damper and I look up into the flue have you have you done that do you know what you see because my guess is it's, it's capped. What, what is capped it's capped off the fireplace opening in the living room is capped off so you yeah, can kind of a screen so you cannot you do not build fires in this fireplace no but i wanted to open it up and i didn't know if it's safe to use it for that okay i need you to uh I need you to write this uh, website down. I want you to go to lindemanchimney.com, or, or actually go to cleanfireplace.com, and you can okay. schedule a inspection and a cleaning, which will not cost you a lot of money, but it will give you the reassurance that they can come and inspect the chimney. They can also take a look at this boiler and make sure that that vent is proper. It in in the way it normally works is the fireplace that flue that goes up is a separate deal um okay. and um and so the that other pipe should go up by itself in a clay pipe so uh or in a metal pipe or whatever it might be going up there but Lindemann can um can inspect it and make sure that it's all safe to use if it needs to be cleaned you know it can it can all be cleaned and everything and then they can say um, just, you know, go ahead, lady. Everything's fine. Okay. Yeah, I haven't smelled gas with whatever they're tapping it with, but, you know, my concern is if, like you said, if I can actually use it for a wood-burning fire. Right. But you need somebody, you need somebody to come and inspect it and make sure that it's good to go. Yeah, I wouldn't try to do something like that myself. No, 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 not at all. Okay, well, thank you so much. You got it. Have a great day. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. This is Pam, who's calling in from the South Side. Hi, Pam. You're on House Smarts Radio. How you doing, Lou? Um, good morning. I wanted to find out, um, I'm seeing cracks start to pop up in the ceiling, like in two of the rooms upstairs and two of the rooms downstairs. And is there, who would you call if you just want to check the soundness of a house? Well, I mean, it, it, 
Is it, Pam, is it, uh, as far as you know, is it drywall or plaster or do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. I thought it was drywall. And um, how old is the my house? Came in with how old is the house? 61 years old. Could, 61 years old. It could be plaster. Um, but okay. I mean, and they're just cracks, right? They're not like stuff's not falling out the ceiling. Well, uh, cracks in three of the rooms and the back room on the second floor, it looks like uh, it's, it's denting in. I'm almost thinking, I don't know if it's a beam or something that you can just see. It's, you know, um, right. I just had a handyman come in. He, he took a broom and kind of tapped up. He said he thinks it's okay, but I'm always nervous about it. You Understood. Know? But the other room is it's cracked. Mm-hmm. But that one room it looks like a beam or something. I don't know. That's uh, uh in or something and i you know i just want to know who would you call just to check the house i want somebody just to check out the house yeah yeah yeah. i mean one other question um you have a basement in your house pam a crawl space crawl space and is it uh and and do can you see inside there can i see inside the crawl space yeah do you have access to it or you have to like open up a door or something like that oh you have to open it's the door in the floor of the utility room Got and it. i put a step ladder down there so anybody that goes down there they can get back go, out that's about four feet <laughs> right um yeah. well mm-hmm. i mean you know the thing is is that my guess and what you're describing is it's just cracks I, I i would hate to tell you to go hire like a an engineer to come and inspect the home but um mm-hmm. You know, the even like a, I don't know that a home inspector is the right person to do either. So um, okay. I'm just trying to think of who, you know, Permaseal would be somebody that would give you a free inspection to go look at that crawl. But these ceiling cracks and stuff doesn't sound to me like that's anything from a foundation perspective. It's more of a settling in a 61 year old house and you get these little cracks and I don't. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know that you have to worry about it. But that being said, that's not going to give you the sort of the peace of mind uh, that you need. Right. So let's try this. Um, there's a terrific website from the NARI, uh, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. And if you were to go there, N-A-R-I dot O-R-G, okay? Okay, say that again. N as uh, in Nancy, yeah. A as in Apple, oh. R as in Robert. I is in okay. Illinois.org.org. Okay. Okay. Type, okay. type in your zip code and look for uh, structural building inspectors. It's not going to be inexpensive okay. for them to come and poke around and look around, but they will at least be able to give you, um, they'll be able to give you um, some peace of mind to tell you, oh, lady, you got this problem or you don't have this problem. And uh, I think that'd probably be a really good place for you to start. Pam, thanks so much for the phone call. Hey, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Don Kleppen. Don't go away. We'll be back soon. It does put a little spring in my step when I hear it. What is What was the rejoin that we used with the, um, is it Say My Name? <laughs> I don't remember. Where it has Lethologica? <laughs> a very strong case of Lethologica. <laughs> when you're trying to talk about the baseball player... Okay, you're forcing it. It was not, that was not natural. You're forcing it. I would no, like. I'm actually asking about the rejoin because I asked you to play it earlier and you didn't. What? You had another Lethologica moment. <laughs> I'm not using that right now. All right, I have two questions for all of you. 
One is if you won the lotto, Don did a story about the lotto and the jackpot. Oh, yeah. And you said that most people take the lump sum. I would take the annuity. Me too. Because that would be too much pressure to have a gazillion dollars all at once. Give me the cash. Really? You know, oh, I want uh, the cash. The but field- Andy, okay, so Don, what, what's the what's the jackpot now? Seven hundred uh, is the estimated jackpot for okay the annuity. So seven hundred million, half of it's going to go to taxes. You're going to get three hundred fifty million dollars. If I took an annuity, what am I going to get? Like twenty million a year, something like that. Yeah, something. How like much that. do you need? Twenty. If I said to Andy, if I said to yeah. you right now, Andy, I'm going to give you twenty million dollars. Thank you. Go away. <laughs> you could ya. go away. Peace out. I mean, you're done. I'm out. You're I'm right. out. Yeah. Right. I'm taking my wife and my dog and the booties, and I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and and where we're moving, the dog will never wear booties again. Right. I will suffer from lethal logica. <laughs> right? I'll forget your name. I would take the annuity. Yeah. And then you would be able to see, because of course you're going to help people, right? Because you're going to do that anyway. Of course. And then, and so you're going to say, oh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give some to the church. I'm going to give some to the synagogue. I'm going to give some to the misericordia, whatever. And every year, everybody, when I get a check, I'm going to give you a check. Give me the cash. Yeah. I just don't want to, I don't want to leave that much on the table. You know, that for me is basically like you're forfeiting, you know, half of what you, of what you won. Based on getting it short term versus the long term. See, here's the right. pessimist in me thinking, okay, well, what if the lottery runs out of money? Right, but if you had in the first year, you're not gonna. <laughs> True, you still have <laughs> twenty right. million. But I want what's entitled to me from that. I you know? guess, I guess, and I can do anything I want with it at this particular point. <clears throat> True. In time. True. Yeah, that'd be a lot of pressure, though. True. If you have an right. idea for I a big investment, it. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle the pressure. I can, I can take it. it. Bring it uh, on. Speaking of handling the pressure, real quick, you know, with the Super Bowl coming up, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to come up. I think we're probably going to have like a little family Super Bowl party, and I always like to cook something between the two teams, right? right? Nice. And uh, so, obviously, Philly cheesesteak mm-hmm. is an easy one, and I guess barbecue for Kansas yep. City, Kansas, Kansas City barbecue, barbecue. Oh, right? Yeah. And right. Uh, there's like that. Uh, what is it? Bryant, eighty Bryant or something? Their barbecue sauce from Kansas City. That's supposed to be really, really good, which could be good. And I could do, uh, Lindsay, if you came over, I could do barbecue cauliflower. That's a very popular oh, thing. Oh, I have heard this yeah, is like a new it's, thing. Yeah, it's, cauliflower is for everything. But here's the story that I love, and I don't know if you saw this story, but there, for the first time, there are two brothers who will be competing against each other in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. This is correct. The Kelsey The Kelsey brothers. Yep. And, um, and so I saw an interview on the Today Show with the mom. Mrs. Kelsey, and it was really sweet. She was wearing a split, you know, jersey, <laughs> right? It's intricate and, too. <laughs> and she goes to both teams. Now they were saying, you know, who are you going to root for, or whatever. But she said the one nice thing is that both of her sons play offense, so they don't. One is a center, the older one, right. and the other one is that amazing receiver, right? The, the tight, tight end, end yep. yeah, the tight end, right? And uh, he, the guy, can catch anything. It's unbelievable, right? Um. And uh, so she's like, I'm just hoping for a high-scoring game and go offense. You know, just go to that. <laughs> nice. And then they said, Well, you know who, who, you know who are you going to root for? And she said, Well, my older son, the one I guess it's on the Eagles, who's the center, said, Well, you're gonna. I don't know the the guy's first name. What's Jason. the guy's name? Jason. Jason. And tra- What's and tra- the guy's name on Kansas City? Uh, Travis. 
Travis. Well, Mom, you're going to root for Travis because he's the baby in the family, right? She's like, well, you know, you did give me grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's going to be a a tough one. But that's, you know. pressure. Right, right. She's like, well, one of them's not going to be happy. Yeah, but one one will be a winner. One has won one before. Actually, I think they both have won one before. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. because yeah, Jason Kelsey's been on the Eagles for a, a while. Yeah, he was there for the Philly special mm-hmm. when uh, Nick Foles caught the pass in the end zone against the Patriots, and Travis won one with uh, the Chiefs already. Wow. Well, that's yeah. good. All right. Well, good luck to the Kelsey family. Yes. Go Kelsey's. Right. Go Kelsey. 857 <laughs> 857-557-4, Lou. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, this is Sylvia, who's calling in from Racine. Hi, Sylvia. You're on House Marts Radio. Hi, Lou. This is Sylvia. Um, thanks for taking my call. I listen to you every week, and I'm hoping you can solve my problem. Yes, ma'am. What I have is I have a 12-year-old Kohler shower faucet that started to leak. So I called the plumber. He replaced the cartridge, and it worked fine for a couple weeks. All of a sudden, then, when you'd go to turn off the faucet, it would catch, and the water wouldn't turn off, and then you'd have to push it harder to turn it off. But then between the handle and the wall um, shield, that metal piece would turn and get loose. So then you'd have to tighten that back up. Wow. So I called the plumber back. And he replaced the handle. He put a spacer in. He pulled the faucet out somehow, how he does it. It works for a while, and then it goes back to doing the same problem. So I'm wondering, do you have any solutions? Um, do you think it's the cartridges faulty? Okay. So he puts it in. Everything's fine. And then yeah. a couple weeks later, when you go to turn it off... Mm-hmm. It, like, won't go far enough, and you have to, like, really give it some force to turn it off. Correct. And then when you did that, you actually moved the excussion. This is a single-handle faucet, correct? It, it's got a shield on the back of the wall where it covers up the yeah, hole like in the shower. chrome or wall. whatever, right? Yes. And then it has a middle piece, and then it has the faucet handle. Right. But all the of that, piece, but the handle... And everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Just trying to think about why this is doing this. And but now, so today, what's it doing today? Mm-hmm. It's back to you turn it off and it catches a little bit. Then you push it a little harder, and then that's loose. And, and then, actually, the when you the say it, but, but, the, but, but wait, when you say it catches, in other words, it, so it's a single handle faucet that you. You turn uh, counterclockwise to turn it on? Yes. And you, the further you go, it's hot water, and then you come back and it's cold, correct? Correct. Okay. So it turns on, no problem. And when you go all the way before it catches, or when it does catch, is it still, Mm -hmm. water still coming out at that point? Yes. I see. And then when you go... So you think it should be off. Right, but it's not. But it's still running water. Got it. Mm -hmm. And then when you force it, then it turns off. Correct. Okay. So my guess is there's in the either the cartridge or that sleeve, there's something that is grabbing onto the handle, even though you said you replaced the handle, that's just mm-hmm. not allowing it. In other words, if we close it all the way and then 
once you do that, it's off. Well, then the cartridge is doing its job. So now there's something on the outside, whether it's that, if I'm thinking about this Kohler faucet the right way, you've got the large excussion, there's a, a, a protrusion that comes out of the center, and there's like a metal sleeve that covers that. That, you know, you look at it and it's kind of round, but it has a little, it goes up, over, and down. It's got like a slot that slides in there. That that piece, what I would do as a test is I'd take the handle off, I'd take that sleeve off, I'd put the handle back Mm -hmm. on and see if it works without that sleeve. And if it's like, if it's working, oh yeah, no problem, nothing's catching, then there's something in that sleeve like it's not in far enough that's catching the handle and there could be a piece of debris uh it could be a little bent piece of metal or something that is um a coincidence of all this replacement okay i'll, I'll give that a try and uh, hopefully that'll solve my problem and then with it being a Kohler faucet if that's the problem they should replace that part uh that part that mm-hmm. i'm speaking of is an excussion they may they may, mm-hmm. but it's more of a trim piece. Okay. All right. All right. Give it a try. Well, we'll give the, give that a try. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sylvia. Appreciate you calling this morning. It's 721 in the morning. It's 722 in the morning. You're listening to House Marts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Good morning. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are things in K-Town? It's cold today. Yeah. Now, it's wh- really cold. Do you yeah. live in yeah. the part of Kenosha where the... Um, that statue of Lindsay is, you know, right by, uh, what was the name of the school of St. Joseph's, right? We're in school. She went, I, I don't live too far from St. Joseph's. From St. Joseph's. There's school. a statue there, kind of an angelic a woman standing there holding a guitar. Yes. You've seen it? Yes, I have seen it. <laughs> I have seen it. It hasn't been ripped down yet. <laughs> right, right. Other than the graffiti, it looks fine, right? Right. Correct. How may I help you, sir? Well, we're in the process of replacing an old screen porch that was on this house that wasn't code, I'm sure, and wasn't original to the house because they'd poured like a slab like over a flagstone patio, so it wasn't level or anything. Well, it's turning out to be a real room now, you know, with walls and ceilings and windows and real doors and and it's got the drywall, and we have a split unit AC heat unit in there. Our question is, since it's probably not going to be a room that we would use full time, does does the drywall have to be heated in the winter continuously? I mean, it doesn't, but it may lead to um, the, the issue is the the framing of the room itself when it gets so cold that you might. Mm-hmm. experience a little cracking that you didn't get before. You know, in particular, when you just met, you know, we started the phone call and you said, hey, it's cold. You know, the day we had yesterday yeah. and before, it gets so cold that the, the house just shrinks. And, you know, and and to be fair, even if you heated it on a day like we had yesterday, it would still happen. You know what I mean? So, um, right. you know, it, it's... I've been in plenty of old homes um, that had these back porches and whatnot that uh, haven't been heated, and they look fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it really it has more to do with how the thing was built and um, 
you know, I guess you could roll the dice. You're just looking at it from a standpoint of trying to save a little bit of money, right? Well, that and yeah, I guess that would probably be it because it's which it's I'm fi- I mean, which is fine. I mean, I, yeah. I get it, right? It's like if you're not in the thing, it's right. kind of crazy to, in particular, if you shut the thing down, um, you know, for a couple of months during the winter. Right, because we didn't take the the big sliding door out in between the family room and this room, so it's almost like a separate room. It's not like you would walk from your kitchen to your living room where it's, you know, you wouldn't have to open up a big door. Right. So we could easily turn it off or, you know, keep it on either way, or we could even open the door here and just leave it open, too. And there's no no water or anything like that out there that you got to worry about? uh, No, there's no water. No piping, no hose bib or anything like that? No, no, there's nothing like that. I mean, it's there's no water in it at all. Um, I mean, here's the thing, right? You could and you could roll the dice. You know, we're in February, right? Turn the thing off and get your get you get you to middle of March and see what happens. Yeah, well, right now we we got to run in because I mean the drywall just went up. They just did all the sanding and the mudding a couple of days ago. Oh, 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 oh! oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. So this is all brand new. It's it's all brand new. It's not finished yet. Okay. (laughs) You know, so we're just kind of wondering. We're just kind of wondering about in the future. All right. Well, now that changes a little bit because now there's all kinds of moisture as all of that dries and has to cure. So right. you got to leave that there for at least a week and let that dry out yeah. and really, and you know, it's, it's, I, I think we're going to hit 40 on Monday, so you should be in pretty good shape there too, mm-hmm. but let's keep that going. And then once it's all painted uh, and done, uh, I, 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 I the fact that it's all brand new and just getting done. Um, right. You know, let's see. Why don't you go till? Why don't you go till? Uh, keep it heated until uh, Valentine's Day, and then you can shut okay. the thing down and see what happens. And if you got to, yeah, come we've back. been running it. You know, because they asked us to do it when they were doing the you know sure. putting the drywall up. Sure. In the mud. So it's been running and and it stays warm. You know, but I, I guess I'm, something else I noticed too is you know the it had to pour a new slab with you know a new foundation and all that stuff. You know, so that was like damp, like on the concrete. Will that eventually go away? It will. Right. It will. It will. Yeah. Okay. Right. You just got to get to spring and summer. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the contractor said. He said, you got to get that concrete warm, Um, (laughs) you know, because they keep it going until keep it going until uh, until uh, February and uh, middle of February. And then you want to shut that down. That's fine. Okay. That sounds great. All right. Hey, I uh, appreciate all the information and the help. Charles, you have a great day. Appreciate you calling this morning. It's 731 in the morning. Oh, we got a good noodaloo, too. It was the one I thought we were doing two weeks ago. Coming up after this report at WGN Radio News. And it's a good one. But I did not know that it was invented by a couple of ladies doing a... I love that. I love that. I love when an idea comes out of, huh, there's got to be a better way to do this. And you and I, right, I'm right about this. We saw these people at the houseware show, right? Now I'm going back to my story from a couple weeks ago. Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Well, you're nodding your head. That's my story. Here we go. (laughs) 
What if I told you you could spruce up your kitchen in under three hours this weekend? Say what? Peel, stick, boom. This weekend's new Tulutu claims it can do just that. The smart tiles are a quick, easy, and gorgeous backsplash solution for your kitchen, laundry room, bathroom, or RV. It all started back in 1999 when two lovely ladies were having lunch, discussing a new renovation project. They were creative, mostly self-made, and both enjoyed thinking outside the box. Talking about what material to use for the new kitchen backsplash, one of them thought, hey, ceramic is so permanent. Why isn't there something that looks just like ceramic but can be easy to install and easy to remove? And that's where it all began. The smart tiles are self-adhesive removable tiles that require no special tools, are easy to clean, and resistant to the heat of stovetops and humidity of bathrooms. The smart tiles can be installed right over your existing tile or on clean, smooth surfaces. After cleaning the surface, you mark your guidelines using a level or piece of chalk so you know where and how to align the tiles. Then the fun part, peeling and sticking. Naturally, I thought installation would be similar to piecing the tiles together like a puzzle. However, you actually overlap each tile slightly when applying. Kind of cool. And makes it even easier. The smart tiles won't damage the walls, so even if you're in a rental that you want to spruce up, these work great. There's a few places they cannot be installed, such as over porous wood, textured wallpaper, and textured tile, but all that info is on their website. They offer a great variety of colors and designs on the site, and when you made a decision, they have a feature right there that'll help you measure and calculate how many tiles you're going to need for your space. Prices vary, but looking at one site that sells the smart tiles, you can purchase 10 sheets of tiles for about 37 bucks. For more information, check out Lou's House Smarts YouTube channel. And be sure to click the subscribe button while you're there. You know, the thing with the, uh, with the smart tiles is when you hear it, you think, uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to look that good. It really looks nice. However, they're doing the photography because it's like, a, you know, it's, it's a peel and stick tile. It is the absolute best solution. If you did their subway tile and put it up, I just did the kitchen. We did the video and I did legit subway tile. You could do the smart tiles, and if I didn't tell you that that's what it was, you wouldn't know. No way, because yeah. there's a oh. texture to it, and they really look nice. A lot of the um, reviews that, because, you know, you, you put it up, and then I wonder, and everyone writes these great reviews, but then I do wonder, a year from now, what is it? Yeah, yeah, like? yeah, right. And most people do, like, bloggers do follow-ups, and they're all very good. They all say it looks the same as it does today as it did when I put it up. Yeah. Well, and in particular, you know, backsplash, it's not, you know, you're not walking on the thing, right? You're, I mean, yeah, maybe a little, uh, you know, sauce or something gets spilled on it, but you just wipe it away like you would a normal. And I like uh, just don't peel or, uh, you know, yeah. all of a sudden start sliding down the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, nice backsplash. Look at it, it's on the ground. Um, but uh, it's cool. Go to uh, youtube.com slash TV and you can see... Uh, images of it and uh, click links and whatnot. So that's good. That's a good one. 857 Lou. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. This is uh, Joanne in Chicago. Hi, Joanne. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hello, Mr. Manfredini. Thank you for taking my call. Um, oh, Let's see. Where do I start? 
I, I'm in Chicago, but we have a project in Hawaii that we're renovating one of our rental apartments. And wait, 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 wait. You can't just throw out there. We're renovating an apartment in Hawaii. Where in yeah. where in Hawaii? In Honolulu. Oh well, interestingly enough, uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. my wife and I, for our thirtieth wedding anniversary, that was three years ago, are going to Hawaii. Oh, and, oh, and oh I'm, you'll love it! And I'm going to be on the Big Island the last two days with my wife there. So if you oh, need no. me to stop by, well, maybe. All right. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Okay. So we made a very expensive contract with, you know, well-recommended contractor. I even went out in November, went through, walked through the place and what we wanted to have, negotiated for several months, finally got it started two weeks ago. But we think this contractor, who was well-recommended by the building manager, has done things out of sequence. He's doing, he put in the cabinets before he put in the floor. And then we've been, we've done other projects here in Chicago. And I'm like, that's not normal. And I don't think so. And then he's also painted the walls before he's scraped up the floors. So it's a, basically a, a, a total, total rehab, you know, everything from the bathroom, kitchen, everything, lanai, all that. But he hasn't even scraped up the floors. So am I losing my mind? Or is that not the normal sequence? I mean, why is he painting the walls already? He hasn't even... Sh- scraped up the old tile floors yet or okay hold on a second so the flooring so current this is a condo or a house a condo okay and the uh flooring that's there now is tile yes and you're going to put new tile down we're going to put an lvt Okay. A luxury vinyl tile, right. but so but you we would have, not we have okay. Okay. And, yeah. okay. Hold on. You would not put cabinets over a luxury vinyl tile. Okay. Because if you ever had a problem with uh, having to take up a board or something like that, you'd be you'd be hindered by them being on top of the cabinets. If it was a hardwood floor, mm-hmm. or it was a, a ceramic tile floor that you know the the. Mm-hmm. So when I was a builder, we did hardwood floors everywhere, and we put hardwood under the kitchen cabinets more so right. more so because 30 years from now when they remodeled the kitchen and they wanted to do stuff, they would say, huh, mm-hmm. whoever the builder was 30 years ago, they really thought this through. Now I can do anything I'm out with the cabinets and not have to patch in the floor. So it was like a little homage to the future. But if you're going to do luxury right. vinyl tile, now I'm assuming they took up the floor under the cabinets. Apparently not. They supposedly scraped up the old tile and put it right on the concrete. And they even said to me yes today or yesterday that they shimmed it. They had to shim it like an inch and a half. So I was like, they shimmed it. Shouldn't they have just smoothed it out with concrete first? Because this concrete floor is concrete ceiling. Wait, they you know? shimmed what? So they shimmed what? Shimmed up the 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 part of the uh, cabinets to be level. Oh, okay. So at least an inch and a half. One quick question. When you call and you speak to the mm-hmm. contractor, when he answers the phone, does he say mahalo? <laughs> no. He doesn't? No, uh, not quite. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> they do would... say aloha on emails, but... Uh, yeah, but they yeah. don't say ma- ma- mahalo when they say, well, that's, that's what I, I would sort of, oh. I would demand so they're that. They're thinking uh, I'm a pain in the neck trying to change <laughs> like, their, their system. 
Okay, if it were me, okay, now I've never built anything in Hawaii, but they build houses like we build them here. The floor, <laughs> the flooring should have come out first because that's the messiest thing. And the cabinets should right. have been placed on the concrete. And then the luxury okay. vinyl, and then hopefully that's nice and flat and, you know, somewhat level. But sure, you got to shim it a little bit. And then the luxury vinyl tile would go up to that with a, you know, three-eighths of an inch gap around it, where then they'd put some shoe molding. And um, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then the, I mean, to me, the painting would be the absolute last thing. But you know exactly. Uh, uh, At least that should be last. It's like what I like. This is no, like no, 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 no. I, under, like, I understand, I, but what I don't know, what I can't, um, what I can't uh, speak for is you know it's maybe it's about availability of contractors. Hey, the painter's ready this day. We'll paint it all and we'll come back and touch it up. But I mean, it, does the flooring have to come out of the entire unit? Yes. Well, I mean. It seems a little, mm-hmm. you know what, and we're, and we're, ti- and we're tiling the bathroom, so it's definitely the the cabinet. And they then we asked for a twenty seven inch cabinet. They gave us a thirty inch cabinet. We asked for I don't know, it's miscommunication, not thinking it through. The 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 you know the person who's like the managing who's his wife, and the contractor is you know is her is her husband, and so I don't know this you know not getting the right drawer cabinet, not getting the right size cabinet for the bathroom, not pulling up the time. I mean, something like they're like, they want to throw up the hands like, well, if we rip out the cabinets now. It's going to be on your cost. And I told them don't buy the handles and they don't, you know, wait till we approve it. And they bought the handles already and started drilling holes into the, the cabinets. Okay. Well, it sounds like to me, my friend, that, you know, trying to manage this job from, you know, thousands of miles away is coming to bite right. you in the rear end, and you have the wrong contractor. <sighs> I know that's not what you yeah. want to hear, but um, mm. you know the thing is, is that I'm sure that none of this is inexpensive. Mm-mm. But you don't want to nope. waste a bunch of money to have it cost you money down the line. It makes no sense right. to me that they would put the cabinets in over the old floor that needs to come up. That is, that's like. Yeah. Building 101. That's what I would think. You know, at least take the old stuff off. Why would I put new stuff on top of the old stuff? Correct. So. And and then, you know, they need to do a skim coat if the other part of the of the condo is uneven. They, instead of shimming, you can't shim everything everywhere. That's no, got, the right. LVT won't no, sit right. No, correct. That's got to lay as flat as possible. I mean, in a perfect world with the concrete, they would... You know, take that all up. They may have to do a little floating of the concrete floor, so to get rid of pockets right. and whatnot. I hear someone call. Exactly. I hear someone calling you. I think it's the guy from Hawaii. He, he's he's streaming. <laughs> he's streaming the show right now. Going, this lady's gonna get my name on. I'm never gonna work again. I wonder if we have any <laughs> listeners in Hawaii. You can send him this conversation and tell him that. But don't. Um, here's mm-hmm. here's the thing, um, mm-hmm. Joanne. Uh, I know you don't want you don't want to do this, but if you know you need to, old stuff doesn't new stuff doesn't go on top of old stuff. All the demo, all the big nasty stuff happens first. Painting is the mm-hmm. absolute last contractor that comes That's into the place. That's what I thought. And so you're not crazy, and you need to have a come to you know what meeting with this guy, 
and mm-hmm. say, we need to get yep. this right. Otherwise, we're going to stop, which then you got to find right. somebody else. But ultimately, I think it'll cost but you less. We wrote less. them a big check already, Lou. Oh, well, it was like 30K. Okay. Well, then you need to then you need to come you need to come about you need to come to some sort of agreement that you're both happy with. Mm-hmm. So you think it's okay for the cabinets to sit on the concrete after the old stuff is ripped up? But 100%. they want to put the cost of the thing, and then the granite they the the quartz countertops they put on there. They said, "Oh, we're going to smooth it out later," but it looks so rough. It shouldn't be be done in the factory or the, to make that wait the countertop they're using is not finished when it gets to the job site no yeah. no you're the, this is this is bad contractor 101 that's what i thought right find out if mm. uh find out if the national association of the remodeling industry has a chapter in hawaii they may and uh, okay. see if you can look this guy up or look other contractors up or get a second opinion for have someone come in at the very mm-hmm. least, someone local, mm-hmm. to just say this. And you may need to go out there, you know, physically. Yeah. I was looking at cheap lights this morning. Right. Already. Right. I got to let you out there. I'm trying yeah. I got to let you go, Joanne. I'm r- bumping up against okay. time, but keep me posted, okay? All right. But thank you very much for taking my call, you got and uh, we'll work. Okay, but jo- it won't be too short for the for the cabinets to sit on the concrete and the no LVP no the the, the countertops the cabinets are thirty four and a half high. The LVT is an eighth mm-hmm. of an inch, and you're going to have a countertop. Okay. You're going to have thirty six inches, you know, give or take a quarter of okay. an inch when you're all said and done. Okay. Joanne, right. I, I have one thing. Okay. I have one thing to leave you with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Aloha. Aloha. Mahalo. Mahalo. See, look, we ended on a positive. 857-5574-LU. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. I think the EPA estimated that for every degree you go down annually, you can save like up to 3% on your energy bills. And so, you know, there's something to be said. We talked a little joked about setting the thermostat, but, you know, if, if if you normally keep it at 70 and you brought it down to 68 and you wore some socks and whatever. I mean, 68 is not, you know, we would love 68 degrees right now, right? We'd be outside in shorts and a t-shirt, but in our houses, we're like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. But that can really save you a lot of money. Well, after 8.30 this morning, I'm going to talk with a company out of Tennessee that has been around since like the 1800s and they make wood burning furnaces. Um, What's funny is, uh, Lindsay, I don't know if you know this, maybe you do, but when we set up to have the conversation with the guy, they were actually on a corporate retreat when I spoke with the gentleman, you know? No. In Jamaica. Stop. (laughs) I go, I bet they don't have any wood-burning furnaces there. He goes, not that I can find. That conversation's coming up uh, after 8.30 this morning. Hey, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. With Don Kleppen. I wish everybody knew how, like, take a break! She's yelling at me all the time. Everybody thinks so you're nice. so nice. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you want me to do? How about seventh? Um, or tell what? the seventh caller. Text her. Seventh, so text uh, 857-557-4LU. Uh, let's do this. Uh, because uh, text the word Chevy. Giving a little shout out to our Chevy people. And the seventh texter that's text to 857-557-4LU. 
We have a four-pack of tickets to the Chicago Auto Show, February 11th through the 26th at McCormick Place. You can get the tickets at chicagoautoshow.com, and we'll mail the uh, tickets out to you. So, 7th Texter at 857-557-4LOU. But you can also call me at 857-557-4LOU, and that's what um, Craig did in Palatine. Hey, Craig, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. And a New Orleans suggestion for you as well. You've got to go to Jazz Fest. It's an outdoor festival. Oh, I know. <clears throat> yes. So, uh, I, uh, I've been there for the third time. Have you been down there? Yes, twice before and going again this uh, this year. Uh, see Santana and with my son and his wife. We're gonna. Uh, we're actually going to go down there for Easter to spend uh, Easter with our daughter. Our, our family's going to go down there. And I know Jazz Fest, w- w- that's coming up, right? Yes, it's always the last weekend of April right. and the first weekend of May. I heard it's so much fun. My daughter-in-law was trying to get down there and uh, with a bunch of her friends, I think, last year. But I think, was it last year got canceled or the year before? Whatever year it was. And so the lineup and the people that they get down there. I mean, New Orleans is just a uh, uh, a city full of music everywhere you go. It's just wonderful. Yeah, so much fun in the parades, and yeah. both my son and daughter-in-law are in their uh, different groups that uh, participate in the parade. Oh, and nice. They have so mm-hmm. much fun. Yeah, that's Absolutely. so fun. That's great. Well, that's a good suggestion. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, how may I help you Absolutely. this morning? So we have a Corian sink um, inlaid into the Corian countertop, and in the sink there's a stain that we just cannot get out. We've tried Barkeeper's Friend. We've tried the Comet with bleach. We've tried the Mr. Clean uh, pad. Um, no luck. Um, we need to. Left in there yeah, I know. Stage, but, so. but we need to. Uh, I think that what you need. So in the in the so where the sink is, this stain is it on a flat portion of the sink or is it by the drain? So it's by the drain. It's pretty flat, though. Okay. You just need to sand it, and uh, you need to. My wife thought you said. (laughs) You need to sand the whole entire bottom side of it so that you don't. uh, Remember the Corian. That color that you see, both in your countertop and on the sink, is all the way through. And so that stain. I mean, I'm super surprised that you weren't able to get it out. But if you were to. I'm trying to think of how I'm going to have you do this that will make the most sense so you don't get a lot of swirls. Um, hmm. Let me think about this, how we're going to... Um, because it's down in the sink. So you don't happen to have a like a uh, oscillating sander or a random orbit sander, do you? I have one of those little rabbit... Oh, like an electric that vibrates? Yes. Yes. Okay. So buy, um, I want you to buy some fine sandpaper, so something like 200 grit. Okay. And actually, I I take that back. I want you to buy one pad that's 100 grit, and then get the 200. And I want you to start with the 100 right around where the stain is, but... 
I don't want you to just concentrate on where the stain is. I want you to kind of spread the whole thing out. And when you get to where the stain is, you can buy a little more pressure there, but just sand it. You're going to take, you know, probably uh, a 32nd of an inch off, maybe even a 16th of an inch off, and then you may feel that it's rough. Then you're going to switch to the 200 grit and get it nice and smooth. And if you really want to get it smooth, you could buy some, you know, like 250 grit or 300 grit or even emery cloth and use that on there to really get it nice and smooth. But if you sand it, the stain should come out. Okay. Okay, great. And then it, should I worry about the sheen at all? I mean, it's not very shiny, but there's a little bit. Is, there, is that something that... Uh, I would need to well apply. with the with the the typically the the sinks especially down at the base are um, it's kind of a matte finish right and so if you go with that emery cloth at the end you'll get a little bit of a finish to it it won't be shiny shiny but you know if you concentrate on the base of the sink and then even you know you may also um, you, Craig you may also want to get a sanding sponge. A fine sanding sponge, just to do a little hand work when you're done. In particular, how the sink kind of rises up, you know, the curvature of the vertical side of the sink that comes down to the base. Just kind of to blend it all in together when you're done, and that should you should be able to do the trick there. Okay, very good. Thank you so much, Lou. Be well. Have um, fun. Have fun down at Jazz Fest. Yes. Yeah, I said you two over Easter. Take care. Bye-bye. Rich, you call this morning, 857-5574-LOU. Hey, guess what? It's time now to hear from Lindsay about what's new at Builder Supply Outlet. Kelly, who's calling us from Chicago, also just happened to be the person that texted us. Kelly. Yes, she was the winner, and so when I called her back, she Kelly. said, hey, wait, I've got yeah. a question for Lou. Uh, you, uh, you, you won the tickets to the auto show, and then when we called you, you said, I have a question. So that's it's like a, it's like a double prize. I know. This is my lucky Saturday. I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Oh, and, and will you take it all in a lump sum, or will you take the annuity? No, a lump sum. Oh, yeah. Boy, I can't get anybody to jump on the annuity train. I'm telling you, it's a better use of your well-being. But anyway, you go ahead. I hope you win. Thank you. So my question is, I had a master bath remodeled, and I had a teak wood floating shower seat put in. Hmm. Bathroom looks pretty good, but where the seat was mounted to the wall, it broke the tile. Hmm. The contractor came back, fixed it, and it promptly cracked the tile again in more places. And now the contractor has ghosted me. So now I don't know what to do. I'm reaching out to someone to try to do this. Or, okay, hold on. Um, hold on. I want, I want to understand. So you have a teak seat, and it's mounted to the wall, correct? Correct. And did you say it folds up and folds down? Correct. And so what, is- what part broke the tile? I'm guessing it was not supported properly behind the tile into the wall, the studding behind there. So where... Because where the two... Go ahead. Go ahead. Where the two, there's two brackets or bolts 
um, each end of it. It's only about 12 inches long. In those joist parts where that attached to the wall, it cracked the tile inferior and superior to that. Okay, and when it flips down, is it, it does it just hang, meaning that um, Correct. there's no feet or anything? There is no support bar. There's no feet. There's no support bar. Okay. And, and I did this because the shower's not that big, so I couldn't put in a stationary or a corner seat. Right, 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 right. And do you do you sit in the chair? Do you use it for shaving? Generally, your- do not. I generally just use it to shave my legs, right. but upon purchasing that shower seat, it said it would support up to 330 pounds, which I am not. Good for you. Um, <clears throat> okay. So when I'm looking at this teak chair and how it mounts to the wall, the part that mounts to the wall, is it a continuous bar or are they two separate brackets? Two separate brackets. Okay. And when and when the seat goes down, it somehow it's all supported from those two brackets when it's in place. Correct. <clears throat> And what's on the back side of this wall where the seat is mounted? Nothing. I mean, that is on the back side. It's um, the shower is, it would be nothing, probably metal joystick or whatnot. Because on that same wall inside, there's one of those inlets to put like shampoo. No, 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 no. In other words, if I'm on the, if I'm not in the bathroom, that wall that the seat is mounted to, is that a bedroom? Yeah. Okay. And you said steel studs. Is this a condo? It is. Hmm. So, and, and when you did this bathroom and you gutted it and everything, were the studs open when you saw all this? And do yeah. you remember them putting in some sort of backing in on those studs? I do not, but then um, when the tile cracked the first time, they came and they ripped out the tile, and then I believe he put some sort of either wooding stud or something behind there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Obviously, it was not enough because then he remounted and... Then he applied pressure, and it cracked. And then now I have not been able to get a hold of him, and he won't answer a phone call. And So the wall's going to have to be torn out again, because I really don't know what's behind there at this point. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to understand it all so that we can... So the metal studs are not helping us in this application, because you're going to get a little bit of a twist on them. So, um, and the... And I think they're twice that. And I mean, I don't know for sure, but there's I what? think they are. Say that again? I think they're too wide set for the, the length of the bench, because the bench is rather petite for the scale of the shower. Got it. <clears throat> okay. If I was coming in to fix this, um, I would take the seat out. I would remove the tile that's there. I would open up the wall behind the bathtub in that bedroom. Within the within the um, stud space, I would probably put dimensional lumber like two by eights or something like that, and build that would be 
it would sit on the ground, and then it would extend up probably four feet taller than that. So I'm going to build two big wooden uh, support beams that I can then through bolt the brackets for this chair. And where the brackets are on the tile, I almost wonder whether... It, what color is the tile you're using? It is um, kind of a white with some gray veining in it, yeah. but it's I, matte. Right. I almost wonder whether instead of mounting it right to the tile, um, you would do something with spacers or, or and or a block of something solid that you would tile around and drill through. It's a little bit more involved. I mean, this is tough because there's a lot of flex in there. And um, I think this is just going to be a problem for you down the line. Um, that if you're not sitting on it, if that's not... And is this a tub or a shower base? It's a uh, shower base. Okay. It's a walk-in shower. All right. If it's not ultimately to sit on... Would you be open to doing something like a tile ledge that gets mounted like a piece of tile that would be purposeful of shaving your legs? I would, and I have a couple of um, ledges in the one, like a corner set. Like, right, but I they make, they make one that's more of a ceramic ledge that's like a long shelf, right? That might be a little different color, but it's a totally different option. I just think that everything that I just told you to do would probably work, but there's still a chance that it cracks. It's too much stress, and those steel studs are squirrely. And maybe your contractor, you know, who's ghosting you and had, you know, if you propose this idea to him, Said, what if we go a complete? I can't even get them. I have to get a new contractor okay. or, or someone, right. and that's my other yeah. question. Yeah. I don't even know. Do I get a tile setter? Do yeah, I get no, a you get a like, you get a you get a tile setter, and and I think you do the latter of my. I think you you rethink this whole thing, and I know you bought the teak thing and spent money on that, but I just think you're going to have problems down the line, and I would go a different direction. Okay, so you're suggesting when I find someone to come and bid this. A ceramic ledge of some sort. Correct. That sticks out, and you know, three know three inches or whatever that comes in 18 inches. They'll set it right in the tile. It's a piece of tile. You're just putting your foot up there to shave your legs. You're not sitting on it. And that would hold up much better in this application. Okay. I appreciate you and thank you for the auto. Yeah, have a lot of fun. I appreciate you uh, calling in and texting us. That's awesome. Okay, um, we're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. When we come back, we're going to talk about wood-burning furnaces. Yeah, you could heat your whole home with like three cords of wood for the winter. And, uh, you know, might be a neat idea. But first, this reported news from Don Kleppen. Uh, joining me on the phone line right now is Brandon Berry, who is the Vice President of Engineering for the U.S. Stove Company. Uh, Brandon, good morning, and welcome to House Smarts Radio. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, Brandon, tell me a little bit about U.S. Stove. Uh, who are you folks, and, and what do you build? So U.S. Stove is headquarters in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and our primary business is 
wood-burning stoves, wood-burning furnaces, wood-burning pellet stoves, um, you know, just, just a gamut of heating products in general. I uh, remember a number of years ago, I was traveling in uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I was in a neighborhood, and I went into this home, and the entire first floor of their home was heated by a cast iron pellet stove. Now, I, I don't know that it was yours, but I was sort of intrigued, and I was talking to the homeowner, and they said, oh my gosh, it's such an inexpensive way and such a, a wonderful way to heat a home. Uh, you build stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. So... Wood-burning pellet stoves have actually, we we purchased Breckwell, which is one of the first pellet stove manufacturers in the United States. Okay. Um, we purchased them in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. So you've been you building these stoves and, and putting these things out there. People are using pellets, very clean, burning way. Uh, I, I assume that they're mostly cast iron, right, so that they can, uh, uh, you know, absorb the heat that the fire's making and then kind of give it off through, uh, you know, residual action from the steel. Yeah, yeah. so they're actually made of, you know, plate steel and cast iron. Um, of course, they have, you know, motors and, and um, you know, different components that allow you to have an automated system to, to feed wood pellets and, and have that as a, as a, you know, a heater itself. Got it. So, um, you know, they're... they're you know, the one you're talking about was, you know, cast iron. Well, some of them are, are made out of plate steel. Got it. And when you say a feeder system, it isn't so the, the type of thing that when you when you have the automation within these units, it's not like uh, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, oh, my gosh, the, the house is cold. i got to shovel some more pellets in there. You you set it up, and, and basically it does the work. You just keep an eye on it every now and then. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there is some there is some maintenance with a wood pellet stove, but you know you you essentially set a, set a heat range that you need for your home, mm-hmm. uh, and then it'll sit there and do all the work for you. You uh, mentioned to me before we started uh, re- recording today that uh, U.S. stove has been around uh, quite some time. Can you can you give us that history lesson? Yeah. So U.S. stove uh, started in eighteen sixty nine. Perry Stove Works was one of the one of the founding um, companies. Honestly, I, I, I'm I'm just not a true historian for the company. But it's so been around. So it's it's no, that's okay. But it's fair to say it's just been around a very long time. And 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 uh, and you obviously have been yeah. focused on this business for a long time. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was whole uh, 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 like wood burning furnaces that. Um, you mentioned that you guys had gotten out of that uh, business, and and then, you know, with EPA regulations and whatnot, you're back in it again, where people could heat their entire home with a wood burning furnace, essentially like a, almost like a shed that's out in the backyard a little ways, right? Well, honestly, our our wood burning furnaces are uh, set to be indoors in a basement area or something similar. Oh wow. Um, they, you know, our our wood furnaces will hold, you know, about forty to forty five pounds of wood. Um, you know, they'll burn for twenty hours, up to twenty hours. Um, they they are really uh, designed, like you said, to be a whole whole home heating appliance. But they're slightly different from what what you're talking about, which is most likely a boiler. Gotcha. So we're we're using air as the heat exchanger, and 
you know, the, the furnaces I think you're referring to actually use water. Got it, got it. Okay, um, so yours to transfer that heat. So heat, your, your, heat into the home. Yours is going inside, and uh, is it using? Is it yep. the type of thing that can be retrofitted to an existing, um, you know, forced air system that maybe ran off a of natural gas or, or possibly even electric? Yeah, so it it can it it, fu- it functions off the same style of ductwork that a natural gas or uh, electric furnace would would use. So. Wow, wow! And then when you're when you're talking about something like this, now are you using firewood to feed this furnace? I mean, you're you're using seasoned firewoods. Absolutely, so absolutely. So so, so regular regular firewood. It, it takes about a wheelbarrow load to. To, to fill the furnace, to be honest with you. And you fill that up with wheelbarrow full of wood, and you can burn it for about 20 hours. Wow. Up, up to 20. Up to 20, sure. So Depending most, on most temperatures, of the time, yeah. you know, 12 to 15, but up to 20. Now you're just buying firewood, and if you've got the property to store that, I mean, you could probably get a, I mean, you could do the math, right, and, and figure out how much, Certainly, the price of wood varies where you live, but um, have you guys done any kind of engineering studies as to the average home and, like, how many cords of wood it would take to, to get you through a winter season? Yeah, so that, that varies from home to home, absolutely. So um, what typically people use in the wintertime is anywhere from three to five cords of wood mm-hmm. uh, if they're heating with a furnace or even a wood stove. They're very similar in the fuel consumption right four you said four to five cords of wood three 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 to five three to five okay three to five cords of wood all right i got to do the math and figure out what the i I don't think i've ever bought a cord of wood i I buy it for the outdoor fire pit and whatnot but uh you know depending on what the pricing is at and then you're you're not don't no natural gas you got to do a little bit extra work right to 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 keep it running I, i assume there's a an ash container that every now and then you gotta empty out and and keep it clean. But are they are yep. they are they pretty reliable as far as once they're going they're they're working? Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're as long as you're keeping the the furnace fed uh, with wood periodically, it, they're they're very reliable. Systems. Wow, that's very interesting. Brandon Barry is the vice president of U.S. Stove Company. Brandon, um, if people want to learn more about the products that you guys make, where can we send them? Yeah, so you can go to www.usstove.com, and um, another one of our websites is www.breckwell.com, and uh, you can learn more about you know our, our wood wood stoves, wood pellet stoves. We also sell wood pellet grills, uh, outdoor fire pits, large gamut of uh, of heating products. That's awesome, Brandon. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning. I really do appreciate it. Hope you have a a terrific rest of your day. Thank you very much, and I really appreciate it. You're listening to House Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Our phone number is 857-5574, Lou, 857-557-4568. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. With, uh, you know, the cold, cold weather, and and we um, we talked about slips and falls, and I featured uh, three different uh, ideas for you that uh, you can probably go to WGN Radio... um, excuse me, WGNTV.com, because they typically post the segments that I do. But remember we talked about the whole tight rails as a Noodaloo 2, that really nice metal made in uh, um, Minnesota, American-made, powder-coated, really nice stuff. That is a really nice handrail to consider installing around your home to keep you on your feet. 
Then there's a company out of Kenosha called Handy Ramp that makes a bunch of products, bunch of different products for accessibility. Um, and they make these aluminum treads that are coming different lengths and um, they have like an aluminum, uh, it's like a non-slip, the way it's engineered, there's like these little holes that really grip it. And uh, they come in aluminum, they come in powder-coated finish, black and green and white. And you literally just screw them down to steps. You can put them either on um, concrete or uh, the end of your deck. It's a really smart idea. And they're very durable. It's a very thick aluminum. Um, I've used them a couple times on uh, some rental properties that we have. And uh, I've been really impressed with the durability on them. And um, I really, really like it. And then a company, we talked about this a long time ago, but... It's this company called Heat Tracks, and essentially they make these plug-in mats that you can use on steps, you can use on landings, has a very heavy-duty cord, has a built-in GFCI um, uh, breaker built into the cord as well, so you can plug it into, um, you know, you can plug it into the... um, outlet outside and put it right in front of your doormat and any kind of snow or ice that goes there is not going to be a problem it's just going to melt away and uh if you let the dogs out in the winter time they'll come in and probably just sit on that pad because they'll be so happy with how warm it is so three ideas to keep you on your feet winter's not over yet um we still got some cold weather and snow and ice coming our way and you just want to be prepared for sure 857-557-4 lou 857 857- Five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. This is Diane calling in from Wisconsin. Hey, Diane, you're on House Marts Radio. Good morning. Good morning, Lou. How are you? I'm well. What's going on? Oh, I have a problem. We have a a gas fireplace in our house, and um, there's like a piece of metal that runs across the top of it. You know, before the before the gas, the you know, the heat goes through the flue. Okay, and the, the paints come off of it. What kind of paint can I use to paint it? It's a tan. Is this uh, this metal that you're talking about? So when I'm looking at the fireplace, this is like a piece of metal horizontally that goes across. Yes, yes, yes. And you said it's tan. The uh, the whole inside of it is painted a tan color, beige. The whole inside of it. You know, the brick wall all around, the oh, walls oh, around oh, it. Oh, 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 Okay, wait. I'm, I'm not following. So the brick on the in. So this is a metal fireplace insert, correct? No, no. There's bricks around it, but there's one, one, one horizontal strip of metal at the very top. That's on the outside. So when I'm looking at the fireplace, if I walk up to it, I can just reach out and touch it. No, it's in the back of the back wall of the fireplace. Oh, it's in the back wall of the fireplace. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm going to get you anything that's tan. And this is wood burning fireplace. No gas. Okay. Um, I don't think I'm going to get you any um, tan color that's going to hold up. There is a a high heat paint that Rustoleum makes, but I believe it only comes in black. Could you, oh, okay. Could, could you live with black? Sure. Okay. So uh, if you go to a paint store or a hardware store, you're looking for mm-hmm. 
You're going to scrape what's there, right, to clean it all up and maybe even sand it a little bit. And this high heat paint, they make one in a spray can, but they also make one in like a, you'd buy it in a quart. You'll never use a quart, mm-hmm. but this is a better way to put it on. And I would just clean it up really yeah. well, sand it, go right over the top uh, with um, one coat, let that dry, another coat, and um, you know, really do a good job to make it nice and smooth. And let it mm-hmm. cure because it's an oil-based product. So probably let it cure for, I don't know, two, three days or so before you light a fire. Okay. It's not a forever thing, but it should hold up for, mm-hmm. you know, at least, you know, depending on how many fires you make. But, um, you <laughs> well, know. in this weather, it's really cold yeah, up here. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that... Um, you would uh, probably get at least a season or two out of it before you probably have to touch it up. Oh, terrific! All, All right. right, then we've got a project to do. You got your you got your work cut. It's actually beautiful out with the sun out today. So get out there and yeah, it is. And, it is enjoy. It is. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Lou. You got it, Diane. Be well. Have a great day. Appreciate you calling this morning. Eight five seven. Five five seven four Lou eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Okay, a um, couple things. We uh, will continue. We've got an hour left of House Smarts Radio, so anything I can help you with, please don't hesitate to call. I'm happy to uh, help you out in any way you can. We'll do our just text me segment after uh, nine thirty this morning, and um, yeah, it's a good, beautiful. It's a beautiful day. It's not as cold as it was yesterday. That's for sure. Um, so get out there and enjoy it. I might have to get out there myself and do a little cleanup in the driveway and that kind of stuff when I get home. So I'm sure you guys all have projects as well. All right. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. You're listening to House Smarts Radio. You're maybe, and you know, I got nothing else to do. I was kind of, I was going to, somebody told me that there's this uh, uh, series called The Offer that uh, is about the making of the movie The Godfather. Do you know who told you this, or are you suffering from Lethalogica right now? Would that be... <laughs> was it you that told me? <laughs> no, actually it wasn't. <laughs> good build-up, though. I was curious. <laughs> but it was a good use of the word. Thank you. Evidently, it's not a documentary, but it's like a movie, a series, about the making of The Godfather and how it was all involved. Oh. And I could not, for the life of me, figure out how to find this stupid things. I mean, it, oh, you do this, you do that. And you, like, you jump around like crazy to try and find... And then, then what did I end up? I ended up watching You People on Netflix. Oh, how was that? Uh, <laughs> I didn't finish it. it. There were moments of it that were funny, and then it just became... Annoying. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy one, right? Yeah. I mean, I love seeing Eddie Murphy, and he plays this It's a very funny. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in it, and she's still funny. Yeah. Yeah, she's And great. basically, the premise of the movie is Jonah Hill and his family, a white Jewish family from L.A., and he falls in love with a woman who is black, and her family is from, you know, a different part of L.A., and... Hilarity is supposed to ensue, you know, with a lot of racial tensions and, you know, people not saying the right things. And I will say that you, you, well, I don't want to say, but Jonah Hill, his character, you're like, this guy is a, just a, a complete 
goof. <laughs> and then there's a little twist. Oh. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. It softens up at the end? Yeah. So it was, yeah, not good. All right. Are we watching the Are we watching the Oscar nominated movies? Any re- Yeah, I've the tried. screeners. I was watching the Fablemans the other night. What'd you think? Uh, it's It's good. It's definitely like a Spielberg. A lot of the shots um, yeah. are amazing. the The story kind of moves between big moments, and it is kind of cool to see like the little hallmarks of what made him make certain movies. You know, references to things like like his Schindler's. origin story, right? It's yes. kind of cool. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Seeing yeah. how his parents kind of built him up and stuff. I watched the everything all at once. Everything's coming, oh, falling down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how is that one? It's freaky. It's yeah. like uh it's like a matrix meets laundry <laughs> laundromat. <laughs> Literally. It is it is the oddest thing. I mean it's super conceptual, right? And um is it Elaine Cho, the actress? Yes, I think, I think her last so. name is does that sound right? Yeah. yeah. She's terrific. Just a lovely woman and just a really terrific actress and uh but it is it you really got to let yourself go to enjoy that one right you gotta be like "Hmm, all right okay like maybe well i'm just gonna tell you there's a bagel in it that plays a prominent role (laughs) okay what kind of bagel well you're gonna have to watch spoiler i guess it would have to be an everything bagel huh well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna go there gotcha all right. So anyway, keep watching. Why not? It's fun. But it does seem like the movies are like the ones that are all nominated are really out there. Like there's a there's something going on. I think all these filmmakers were locked up in the pandemic and then they came <laughs> up with all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And this is what we have to choose. Where's a love actually? Where's a little rom com <sighs> for me to wrap my arms around? Like, oh, he's so cute. I know. I mean, totally. I was, you know, my my sister-in-law worked on that movie, Something from Tiffany's, and I was kind of joking about, I want that movie back. Totally. Right? Yes. Well, you got Maverick. Come on. That's a that's a action I'm telling you, I, think, I don't even think that got nominated. It's or did like, it? Oh, yeah. People just look to see the strange, like, what is the strangest concept we can put? I'm just looking for a little boy yes. meets girl. Absolutely. Boy loses girl. Boy conquers girl. It could be boy meets boy. It could be girl meet. I'm all in. Everybody love. Why but, not? But that's everything. Give me on one the of those. Channel. Just that's, go to the Hallmark Channel. You're good. I could do that. That's right. True. They <laughs> they're all the those. same ones, right? Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. right. Exactly. exactly. So those are not nominated, though, Andy. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven. Four five six eight is our phone number, and uh, we're going to do our just text me segment uh, coming up uh, just a second. But let's go back to the phone lines right now. This is Leslie in Villa Park. Hi, Les. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hi, Lou. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I brought in some stuff from my garage so it wouldn't freeze over the winter, mm-hmm. and one of the items I stored them in a spare room, and I had it sitting on the floor, and it was a can of deck stain. Well, somehow it must have got tipped over and leaked out about a three-by-four-foot area, and it dried with, like, cardboard boxes. It seeped underneath there and stuff. So I pulled it up, but now the stain is a big blob, dried with cardboard on it. Is there anything I can do, or I for sure have to call a professional? What is the flooring that you set it on? Oh, hardwood. Oh. 
maybe. So mm-hmm. let's try this. Uh, let me ask you this. The hardwood, when's the last time you had that hardwood refinished? Um, it's been a uh, quite a few years, but it's a room that isn't used very often. So we and would like you, right, and would you say, if you had to guess, probably that you used a waterborne finish back then? I think it was like a, maybe a polyurethane finish. All right. I'm not sure. Okay. I have it written down somewhere, but not at my All head. right. Well, so um, here's what I would try. How big is the area? Maybe like three foot by four foot. Okay. Let's try this. Um, uh, f- uh, full disclosure, you know, we own a hardware store in Villa Park. And uh, uh, if you go there, you can buy mm-hmm. a can of something called Howard's Restore-A-Finish. Mm-hmm. And I want you to buy a bottle of that. In the neutral finish. Mm-hmm. And then buy a little packet of plastic putty knives. Okay. Now, where this stain is, right in the center, where the middle of this blob, I want you to pour a little bit of that on there, give it a couple seconds, and then use the plastic putty knife to see if you can scrape up what's there. Now, mm-hmm. I'm betting that the finish is waterborne polyurethane, not oil. Okay. And if that's the case, the Howards will have an effect on the deck stain, but not the waterborne finish. Okay. And you're going to scrape that up, and you're like, hey, it's working. Then take, like, some old rags and wipe up the rest of it until you get it all done, and then just put a little bit on the rag and wipe the floor down, and you may Uh be successful. Now, this is a petroleum-based product, so make sure that, you know, it's not super cold today. You could open up a window if you want to try it today. And Mm. when you're done with these rags, don't just throw them in the garbage can because it's petroleum-based. Put them in a bucket, fill it with water so that they get drenched with water, then dump them and put them in the garbage can. Okay. You got all that? Yes, I do. And be careful. And and then will that stuff help to scrape up the cardboard that's stuck Correct. on there too? Correct. Okay. Don't. Okay. And then if that I'm not satisfied with that, then a floor refinisher should be able to sand it up and maybe patch the stain in that area. They'll have to sand the whole room. They will. Yeah. So there's no way to blend it up. But if I'm right about the water-based polyurethane, I think uh-huh. this I think this one might work. If you notice, though, Leslie, if when you're scraping it, if you notice that you see a little bit of that clear coming up from the bottom, just okay. go a little lightly with that and use less of the Howard so that, you know, it's really not designed for hardwood floors. That's not what it's made for. It'll even say that on the container. But we're going to use this to take up the stain that probably is not bonded to the polyurethane, and I think you should... Well, let me think about this. Hold on a minute. Now I'm, now I'm having second thoughts. Hold on a second. Okay. Hold on. Um, okay. Let's do this. Go. Uh, okay, go buy the Howards, but I want you to buy a bottle of Crud Cutter. Okay. And I want you to, before you use the Howards, try the Crud Cutter first. Spray that onto a section on the edge of it, let it sit there for five minutes, and then use the putty knife and see 
if it'll cut that stain and not affect the polyurethane underneath there. If that works, use that. If that doesn't okay. work, then go to the Howards. All right. Sounds good. I'll give it a shot. All right. I appreciate you calling. Thank you so much. Bye. 857-557-4LOU. 921 in the morning. We will take a quick break. Good morning, Lou. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Got a question for you. Uh, we've been in this house about 28 years now. Uh, the sump pump cover, the metal plate that is on the top of the sump pump, has over the years gotten deteriorated because of some water that has gotten on it. And uh, it's just continued to flake. The paint came off. It's been rusting. It's finally just, it's it's at the end of its life. We want to replace it, but... We have one pipe coming out of the sump pump for the actual sump pump. We have a backup pipe for the watchdog backup. And then we also have a spot where the uh, water that comes from the uh, humidifier drains in there. So I can't use one of those, you know, prefabbed uh, uh, caps that Lids, goes right. on and has either the, yeah, the lid that has the slit or, you know, a single hole. So is there, is there uh, what would be the best material to try and cover it with? I've looked at some things online. Uh, some of them say, like, plexiglass, but... No, plexiglass no, 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 no. Is- they make a sump pump lid. They make a, a synthetic composite sump pump lid that has no holes. Okay. And then you can drill whatever you want, and then you can... Okay. Uh, and you can, you know, organize it any way you want. So it's a... Um, I'm trying to think of what the material is. It's not, it's not plastic. Well, it is a type of plastic, but it's a plastic that has like fibers on it. It's very durable. And so you would order the lid. I mean, you could probably get it at a a plumbing supply house. Like, um, where are you, Mike Homer Glenn? You got like a Crawford supply out by you or Ferguson supply. And measure yeah, you got Ferguson. Okay, so measure the you know the width of your sump pump uh uh okay. pit. And um yep. and then just say I need a lid with no holes. And they'll be like, All right, buddy, okay. here you go. And then so you they do make and this is a sump pump, not a an ejector pit. No, no, this is a sump. Okay. Yep. So, you know, they do also make these collars that you can buy that mount so if you drill you're going to need a hole saw right to drill a um probably you know the two and a half well you probably have an inch and a half pipe coming out of the sump but you're probably going to drill a two inch hole just so you got a little bit of some play and they make this little collar that has two little holes in it and a rubber boot that once you kind of get it all where you want it to go you slide these things on there and it looks very professional very you know seals it up not that you know, with a, a sump pump pit, it's not critical that you seal it, but um, but it's, you know, it's a good one. Ferguson, Ferguson will have All it right. for sure. All right. Sounds great. Thank you very much. You got it, bud. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857-557-4LOU. 857-557-4568. Let's see if we can get Steve in here before news. Calling in from Chicago. Hey, Steve, Good morning. Good morning. I have a real quick question. I have an old wood floor polyurethane on top, and it ha- and, and black marks where a dog peed, and, and I didn't catch it in time, and it got underneath the chair leg, and now I have 
black spots on the floor. And I was wondering if you could get that off. So where the black spots are, you think is, is the polyurethane, um, is it worn away at that spot? No, it just discolored it. That's all it did. Okay. Um, I, I hate to have you do this with the, um, I just don't want to mess with the finish. Um, let's try and break it apart with um, an enzyme cleaner. So there, I was talking about a product called Crud Cutter that is, uh, Rust-Oleum now owns it, but it's a, uh, a degreaser and a cleaner, and it's a concentrate. Squirt that onto the black uh, spots and let it sit there for like, I don't know, three to four minutes. And then use a white scotch Bright pad with the grain and go back and forth. Okay. Not, not a, I don't want a ton of pressure. I just want nice, even pressure and see then if you wipe it with a damp rag that pulls it off without damaging the, um, the surface of the floor. Great. All right. Thank you. You got it. I appreciate yep. your call this morning. Eight, five, seven, five, five, seven, four, Lou, the accidents with the dogs, not a fun time, not a good time. And, you know, they do it, I think, when they're just, I don't know why they do it. Why can't they just get along and be happy and go outside when they want to go? Is that so hard to ask? Is that such a a tough thing? No, I don't think so. Hey, let's do our Just Text Me segment after uh, news. 857-5574-LOU. How can I help you? We'll uh, rattle through a bunch of uh, questions. Half an hour left of House Smarts Radio. Hey, that's Steve Bertrand. And you know what? It was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Steve Bertrand. Hey, a few years back, I needed to make a change in the way I felt, the way I looked, and I needed to improve my overall health. Well, Seattle Sutton's Healthy Eating Meals were recommended to me. In total, I lost 39 pounds, and I'm maintaining a 30-pound weight loss. I feel great. I sleep great. My blood pressure and cholesterol are great, and I have Seattle Sutton to thank. They'll deliver fresh never frozen meals that are dietitian designed and executive chef prepared and they deliver them right to your door they have breakfast they have lunch they have dinner taking all the work out of eating healthy you just heat it and enjoy no shopping no dishes no hassle they had some chicken kebab thing the other day with like some hummus and a little greek uh olive salad it was i like to dip the olive salad in the hummus and then take a bite of that and then the chicken it's on a kebab it is so good i mean what am i gonna say lights out (laughs) no hassle the average cost per meal way less than you spend on fast food and obviously a whole lot healthier don't go on a diet go for sustainable change eat healthier feel better and lose weight call seattle sutton's healthy eating today 800-442- 3438 800-442-3438 tell them lou wants you to start with that kebab thing it's delicious or you can go to their website visit seattlesutton.com time for just text me how do you do this maybe it's your fingernails it's easy look it's that easy and sent now back to your host lou manfredini and house smarts radio it's so funny how we don't talk 
You can just text me at 857-5574-LOU, 857-557-4568, and you can call. We figured this way we can go through a bunch of text messages, and maybe there's a question that you are interested in. I get this all the time, right? We're like, you've answered this a thousand times, and it never, I was never in that situation. It never worked, and uh, now I need this question answered. So go ahead. What do you got for me? All right, I have residue from drywall repair in a new cast iron tub. I can't seem to get it off. Tried Mr. Clean Pad and the usual bathroom cleaners. There's still a sandy residue like the tub is dirty. Will crud cutter remove this? Really? Wait a minute, say that again. Drywall residue. Drywall repair. Residue from drywall repair. Oh, I mean, all that should have worked. Uh, Try, uh, maybe what we need to do there is with the drywall residue... Or maybe the mud or whatever they use. I mean, usually water and uh, a little scrubbing pad should be all you need uh, if it's, you know, obviously waterborne finish. How about we just use some warm water, a Scotch-Brite pad, and or my favorite thing. Everybody, By the way, every, everyone listening, you should all have plastic putty knives in a drawer because they are... They're sharper than you think, and they will not damage surfaces when I tell you, hey, get a plastic putty knife. That's something you should have like a um, like a, 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 pe- a potato peeler. Potato peeler and a plastic putty knife. You should have that in your drawer. So try that. It should work. How about another one? How about uh, I have a concrete driveway, and when it rains, I get pooling water in a couple of different areas what can i do to resolve this Mm. i mean if it's kind of in the center of it where the concrete is dipped the only um really solution is to actually float that area out with a like a concrete topping coat which the problem is that you're not going to like how that looks the coloring is not going to um it's not going to be the same it'll take care of the It'll take care of the pooling issue. Like, Sacrete makes uh, a product that you can feather, uh, but the, the thickness is like a half an inch. You can't feather. You need it to be, like, going from zero to, um, you know, they have this cement. They have this thing, Sacrete, called Fast Setting Cement Patcher. But the problem is you're going to have this different color patch, even if you blend it in. So... Other than redoing the whole thing, um, I don't think that uh, there's much you can do with that. Boo. Um, Sorry. I have a I know rubber. that now the answers sometimes are not what you want to hear. Yes. Like the lady in Hawaii. Yeah, she didn't like that. But you got you to gotta Here's the honest. thing that worries me about like what that lady said about in Hawaii. That, and, the, and I get it, you're from a distance, but she gave the guy a big amount of money up front. 30 grand. That's tough, right? And you're here, and he's there. All right, keep going. What are you laughing at? Can I peel potatoes with a putty knife? (laughs) Sure. Wait, how about this one? Lou, I have a rubber weather trim in... (laughs) That's from your friend Mike J, by the way. uh I have a rubber weather trim and want to place it on the inside of the Wait a minute, door. you're you're having you're having uh uh Le- lithothargia? Litho what is it? Lithologica, Lithologica issue with that word. I have a rubber weather trim in period. <clears throat> want to place What? Say that again? I have a I'm rubber 
we're going to end with the putty knife. I can't read this. You can't even read it? No. Okay. That's our just text me segment. <laughs> 857-557-4568 is our phone number. This is David in Naperville. Hey, David, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Well, howdy. I uh, love your show. Thank you. I've got a question for you. I am a big fan of uh, InstaFlow after you recommended it a few weeks ago. Okay. Yep. I just wanted, just wanted to know, does that have a residual effect farther down the sewer line, or is there another product that is good for sewer line maintenance? I mean, like 20 feet down from all the drains into the cast iron? Um, I mean, I don't know that it has a residual value. I mean, you know, the, the whole idea behind that InstaFlow product is those chips, and as you dissolve them initially, they kind of create... It create when water hits it, it creates heat, and then it kind of starts dissolving and munching everything up. Now they do make an enzyme called EcoFlow, which I thought I thought that, and I was at the local Ace, and they didn't have it, but I recall buying it a number of years ago. Yeah. So that is still made. It is, and that one um, I think is you know I, I, I don't. I'm not a chemist, so I don't know the exact difference in it, but I know that there's an enzyme, and the idea behind that, I believe, is that the residual with the enzyme is you do, basically, you you use the product in the same form, but, like, if you use it at night, right, and then you're not using, uh, or whenever you can, where you're not using the water or running anything, that will help to, right. uh, you know, kind of, dissolve what might be sitting in a uh, a sewer line or or your main stack or something like that. Yeah, that's the idea. So so the EcoFlow can go into like say a toilet or a floor drain where the InstaFlow really can't. They say, you know, don't put it where really standing cold Correct. water. I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure about the EcoFlow in a toilet. Um that one I mean, if you're really looking for sewer, uh, you know, a sewer enzyme, one that I have recommended forever is a company called Robic. Uh, R-O-B... I think it's R-O-E-B-I-C. And um, that one is the one you flush in a toilet. You put like half a bottle in... Uh, actually, I think you dissolve it in water, then you pour it down the toilet, flush the toilet, go to bed or leave for the day, whatever it might be. That one I have used for a number of years, and it has been, um, you know, really, it, 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 it's worked really well. But that was my question, and I think I'll look for the Robic product then. You got it. Thanks, thanks so, so much. Thanks so great much for show. the phone call. I appreciate it. That's very kind of you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. 857-557-4LU, 857-557-4568. Let's go back to the phone lines here. And, uh, oh, well, on. She's just putting her on hold right here. And there she is. This is Ingrid. Hi, yes. Ingrid. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Lou. Love your show. Watch it. We listen to it all the time. Thank you. Um, my problem is... I have a plastic shed out in the yard. It's an 8 by 10 And the north side of it, the roof and wall on the north side, is covered with something that looks like black mold. Yep. 
and I think it's because it's only three feet from the side of another shed, so it doesn't get sunlight. Right. What yeah. can I use on that? Because it looks awful. When it warms up, uh, so you're going to have to wait a little bit, but you're going to use my favorite product, Wet and Forget. Okay, I was going to ask about that. And um, now with the shed... You know, they do make... How, how tall would you say the roof is? Um, It's not more than seven feet at the peak, I don't think. Okay. So you got a couple of options. They do make a, a pre-mixed bottle that you could, you know, get up on a, a stepladder next to it and squirt it onto the roof. But they also make this product called Extreme Reach that you connect to a garden hose. Now, the key with that, with the shed, is that you're going to first take the water and spray the grass or bushes that are around the shed, right? Get that wet. Then you plug this into the hose. and they, they, Actually, there's a setting on it that you can spray the water and then use the cleaner on there. But then you're going to click it, and you're going to start at the top, and you're going to spray. And you'll see it'll, like foam up like uh you know you're spraying almost like dish soap but it's not dish soap spray it at the top spray it at the side let that sit spray down the grass and the vegetation one more time with water and in about probably two weeks the wet and forget actually on a on a plastic uh shed like that it's going to work pretty quickly um it's going to uh you work with the rain and the wind, and it's going to clean it all up. And the fact that you're on that north side, that's very common because you don't get a lot of sun. And it might be the kind of thing that right. you repeat, um, you know, twice a year type of thing. Okay, but you think, would the extreme reach be better? Because I can, cause you can't put any weight up. You know, you can't. Well, I mean, you, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the hose thing, as long as you wet everything down, then you don't have to get up on a ladder, right? Right. And uh, But you just need to, the thing is, it kills organic material. That's why you have to spray down the grass. And, you know, okay. be careful with it. Don't, you know, don't spray it like you're opening up a fire hydrant. Right. It's an instant, a hard place to reach it, too, because there's only... A little over three foot, maybe yeah. close to four foot of space between it and the shed next to it. But you could, so, but, but if you had, if I if I put a spray nozzle on the end of a garden hose without the wet and forget, you could spray it with a garden hose, right? Yeah. Then this is exactly what, this wet, is exactly what you want to use. And I would say that this is a project, once we get out of the freezing weather, you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. March, this is your project. And by April, it'll look great. Okay, good. Thank you very much. You got it. I appreciate you calling this morning. 857-557-4 Lou. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. But I said I got dissed. Yeah, well, she's Bono like, not my favorite. No. He's very Bono's very busy. He can't be bothered with us in Dublin. That's okay. We'll have fun without him. Right? We absolutely will have fun without him, but we may have other surprises. I know I was talking to Steve Bertrand. You know, it was his birthday yesterday. Uh, He said that they're working on some stuff. Like, they have some contacts that we may, you know, a lot. The Irish are very hot right now. The Banshees of Indusheeran, you know, all that kind of stuff. The bad, 
sisters, you know, that whole thing, your sisters, right? So, Whatever, well, right? Your sister, we're the good sisters, your sister, you're the good sisters, there's the bad sisters. 8575740. Oh, she just dropped off. 8575740568. Angie, I was just going to pick up the phone and talk to you just one second there. 8575574, Lou is our phone number. Here's Angie in Tinley Park. Hi, Angie. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How may I help you this morning? Um, I, we just moved into this house in April. In fact, it was, uh, uh, April 1st and we decided to buy new appliances because, uh, three of the appliances were not working properly and costing us a lot of money. All right. And I need to get countertops. So I looked in the Southland's best book and found three different people. Is that a good idea? And is it a bad idea? I bought the appliances before. We put the countertops in. Absolutely not, because the they will uh, be able to come and measure the countertops, and based on your appliances and how they sit inside the kitchen, they absolutely can do all that replacement, you know, without that. And yes, it's a great idea. You're down in Tinley Park, and um, to get, you know, perhaps three different people to come and bid, do you know what you want as a countertop? have no idea. Okay. And are we willing to spend... I don't know anything about prices. Okay. Are we willing to spend a little bit of money to do something nice that's going to look good? Because the I think the most durable and best option is a quartz countertop. Okay. But, you know, depending... Well, what about my idea of... What about my idea of looking at the Southland's best for 22? Is that a good idea? Say that or again. Or should I just ask around? I I found the the three places in the Southlands best for twenty two, two in Mokina and one in Tinley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good idea. But they do good. they do countertops, correct? It says kitchen and bath remodeling. Okay, like shillings. Correct, but keep in mind that if you're not doing anything with the cabinets, you're just looking for a countertop supplier. Okay. All right. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, in uh, not too far from you in Alsip, there's Fox Home Center. Okay. Fox Home Center has a nice showroom, and they do have a relationship with separate countertop installers that you could contact oh, to have them come out and take a look at it. And then my recommendation, if your budget allows it, look at quartz because it's non-porous, it's beautiful, it's durable. And, um, you know, it, 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 for the sake of argument, it looks, you know, it, it has a granite look and feel, but in my opinion now, way better. And it's more expensive than a laminate countertop for sure, but um, it, right, can, it, okay. it can really dress up a kitchen and be kind of the crown jewel of the whole kitchen remodel. Okay. What about uh, epoxy countertops? Epoxy. You mean like... That uh, you paint on yourself. Well... That's what my husband wants to do. Sure. I mean, you could absolutely, if you have existing countertops there, um, there are several makers of an epoxy countertop that you can paint. It's not a forever solution. It's probably a two or three year solution because of the durability of it. So, I mean, you could probably paint the epoxy.